This is Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, which is part of the Replicate Podcast Network. It is a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. Here is your host, Chris Swain. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about how to get a new church without leaving how to get a new church without mm. leaving. And mm. before we get too far into this, we may want to explain what we're talking about with that title. Yeah. <laughs> because if you're a church leader, you might be thinking, man, I really would like to have a new church. Yeah. And if you are a church uh, member and you're and maybe you're not a leader within the church, you're thinking, I, I kind of like a new leader. I'd like a new pastor. <laughs> <laughs> so... The thought is mutual, but but what we're doing is we chronicle the story of the Long Hollow Revival and what God has continued to do here, uh, drawing people to himself, reviving us, and just seeing uh, a, a lot of baptisms, a lot of life change, a lot of repentance, a, a resurgence of prayer and worship like I have not experienced. It's just, you know, yesterday we worshiped together for our Sunday services, and I just remember thinking this is just a quote-unquote, normal Sunday at Long Hollow. And it, it, people we were uh, weeping. They were at the altar. Hands were raised. We were praying. Uh, we were, it was just incredible. And and it was a quote-unquote normal Sunday. Yeah, and you got you to, okay, so for those who are not listening, or those who are listening, you're thinking, well, we have that every week at our yeah. church. What's the big deal? Um, that was not always the case yeah. in my five years here mm-hmm. at Long Hollow. And, and there's a lot of reasons for that, but... I felt like, and we've talked about this in the past, I felt like there was an invisible barrier Mm. at the front of our steps or the altar, whatever you want to call it. There was a barrier there for people, and it was like they didn't feel welcome or comfortable or drawn to come pray. And I'm not saying you, you gauge the effectiveness of a service by the number of hands raised or the number of people kneeling at the front. But I do know this, and this is a line I shared yesterday with our church, um, the difference between you and revival is the distance between your knees to the floor. Mm. The difference between you and revival, yeah, think about that, is the distance between your knees to the floor. Not many people want to bow down before the Lord. Not many people want to humble themselves before God. You probably think, well, that's not really a big deal. No, it is a big deal. Yeah, It is a big deal to humble oneself. The word worship means to, to lay out prostrate in worship, in humility before the Lord. And so uh, one of the words uh, that you can translate worship, so it's to, to, to really humble oneself before holy God. And so I would say um, what we're seeing now is, is has become normal, mm. but it was not normal for five years. Well, and, and I would even say, you know, Long Hollow has had a storied history of incredible worship, and it has always been good. It's always been amazing. Let yes. me go ahead and say it. It's been amazing. more than good forever. And I think the church has been known for that. But even yesterday, as we're just, again, a, a Sunday morning worship song, it, just looking around at how the people were responding beyond just singing amazing songs with a, an incredibly talented team, yes. you could just sense and see the surrender. Uh, I was in the back row, stage hmm. left, as far away as I could get. Yeah. We came in late, uh, you know, being on staff. Sometimes that happens. And uh, the songs had just started, and the people back there were just uh, hands raised. One of them was bowed over in their seat. 
I mean, I was like, what is going on? And it's just, uh, it's just awesome to see. And so I want to come back to that statement. We, we titled the podcast, How to Get a New Church. And the reason we wanted to lean into this is because uh, I want you to, to kind of share that the, the whole quote. <laughs> Part of it is how to get a new church. Yeah. But what it means for Long Hollow, because one of the things that can be a challenge for you to share is how God has changed you and how God has changed the people. But, you know, coming at it from an angle of you're, you're not trying to, to talk about something that God has specifically done for you, mm-hmm. you want to talk about what God's done inside of you, yeah. and there are many people who have attended Long Hollow, and I would say your church, wherever you go to church, whether you're a church leader or you're attending church, there's a lot of people who've been there and who have left and maybe have come back, and that cycle, maybe maybe that's you. Uh, you've been to a church for a while, you went somewhere else for a season for whatever reason, and you felt God calling you to either return to that church or that whole process. And, and I think it's it's going to be helpful for the listener to understand what one of the ways God has been reviving Long Hollow through people returning. Yeah, here's what I said to the church uh, Sunday. And I got this from uh, someone else, but I've used it because it's true. Um, I said to the church, you got a new church, or I got a new church, you got a new pastor without me leaving. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I didn't leave, and you didn't leave, right. but you got a new church. Or I got a new church and you got a new pastor. And basically what I meant there was uh, God changed me. And uh, because God began to change me and because our people were sensitive to God changing them, Mm -hmm. we basically have a whole new environment here at Long Hollow without any of us leaving. Now, early on, um, the Lord showed me this as he began to move at Long Hollow. And I shared this with our lead team. I just felt this. And remember, 10 months of sitting with the Lord in silence and solitude and trying to hear from God. I came early on and I said, guys, I really believe God is going to bring some people who have left the church for whatever reason Mm -hmm. back to the church again, that they have left and for whatever reason they were mad or it wasn't a good fit or they just, the kids didn't connect, whatever. And uh, I said, I really believe God's going to bring these people back. And here's, here's kind of the, the motto and, and kind of the mindset I've always had with people leaving a church, mm-hmm. okay? And here's what, and, and, and I'll share this, and this is just a general rule, but I'll tell you, it, it has been uh, really cool to see how God uses this. The, the, the mindset is this, you love people on the way out so that you can love them on the way back in, mm. okay? You bless them on the way out so you can welcome them on the way back in. What happens, I find, in most contexts with most pastors is, if they get wind a person is leaving their church and going to the ex-Baptist church or the first Methodist church or whatever, the uh, Cumberland Presbyterian, whatever, whatever the church is, they'll say, why in the world would you leave here? Yeah. As if your church is the center of the uh, Christian universe, you know? It's like, why would you leave here, you know? And what they do is they they, they guilt them by leaving and say, why, you know, they don't have what we have. They don't have the work. And what happens is you drive a wedge and you make it you make it where the bridge is burned so badly that they can't come back even if they want to come back. Yeah. And what I've always done is and and listen, at Long Hollow in the first couple of years, a lot of people left. Mm. I mean, they did. Uh and part part of it was my fault, part of it was a change. The mm. previous pastor and myself were radically different in preaching and leadership style. 
Um, one lady came up to me one Sunday after church early on. She said, Pastor Robert, the only thing you and Brother David have in common is your height. I thought, wow, what what do you do with that one? You know, it's like, wow, okay. I don't know if that's good or bad. You know? But anyway, uh, <laughs> but anyway, so um, what's happening here at this revival? And the word revival, we we, we use that term, uh, and I know technically, true revival will sweep a city. I know that technically and historically, uh, God's pouring out a spirit at Long Hollow, and we're seeing, you know people radically saved and baptized, but don't, don't reduce the move of God to baptism because we've said this before. If we make baptism, the idol, Mm -hmm. it becomes idolatry where we think if you're not baptized, then you haven't experienced the long hollow revival. And many people, including us at this table Mm -hmm. are not going to get baptized. Right. We're not, we've already been baptized. Right. We're not going to get rebaptized, and and we have had to turn some people away even recently as last week who were adamant they wanted to be baptized. Right. Well, ma'am, were you already baptized? Yes, as a child. You may have made someone angry. Yes, yes. Did you did you understand the gospel? Yes, I did. Did you uh, turn from your your faith later? No, I didn't. Well, you don't need to be baptized, ma'am. And she was mad. But the point is, we're not rebaptizing people. But that doesn't diminish the move of God at Long Hollow. God is moving in the lives of people mm-hmm. to revive them. And what I mean by revive is to make alive that which was dead. Mm-hmm. Revive means you have to redo something. It has to return to something. You have to uh, you have to bring to life something that was barren or, mm-hmm. or or dormant, and so that's what's happening in the lives of people. And so, just yesterday at church, we saw this. Chris was there. I saw the, that who I saw two couples whom have left Long Hollow mm-hmm. a long time ago. Uh, one of which was pretty upset with me over a lot of different things, and you know, and, and some weren't even my fault. Um, came back, and when I saw him for the first time with tears in his eyes, mm. I said, "Brother, I thank the Lord you're back here." Wow, are you guys back for the? Yeah, we came back for the first time. Mm. We've been away for a year. We thought it was a, it was time to come back, and I just thought, man, and I didn't make him feel guilty. I didn't say, no, he's meeting with me this week, and we're going to talk about some of the things God's doing. But here's what I said right away. I said, hey, you're coming into a different church here at Long Hollow. What do you mean? I said, because the church has a different pastor. Mm. I've realized for so long there were issues in my life that I didn't address Mm. that now because I'm addressing, I think the church now is more open and vulnerable to address, and we'll talk about this after the break. And I said, what you're coming back to is a new church with the same pastor. As you lead your disciple-making movement, the Replicate Network provides ongoing practical training and a community of like-minded church leaders to help you and your church thrive. Each month, you'll get frameworks, a Q&A time with Robbie Gallaty, and access to our online forums and groups. We will provide you with prayer and personal support, practical resources, discounts, and benefits as you seek to make disciples who make disciple-makers. Check out the Replicate Network today at replicatenetwork.com. And we're back talking about how to get a new church without leaving. And ultimately, the, the whole statement is how to get a new church 
and how they can get a new pastor. And yeah. <laughs> you mentioned before the break, you had a conversation with someone who had stepped away for a period of time and had you had told them that, hey, you know, it's a different church. Uh, you, you actually told them it's, you're a different person. You're a yeah. different pastor. And so for those church leaders out there who are hopeful and just praying, God, please give me a new church. <laughs> I, want, yeah. I want a new church. What you're really saying is you want a new group of people or you want a new different situation. Yeah. And what God has shown us, and specifically you in this last season of ministry, is uh, in order for that to happen, God's got to change you. Uh, because just as much as you may be saying, I want a new church or I, I want a new ministry, uh, the, the people may be saying, man, I want a new pastor. Yes. <laughs> I want a new church. Okay. Well, and that can be humbling. Okay. So let's pick up on that because here's something I learned. Uh, first prayer night. Okay. This is really humbling. You think about this. I mean, and, and remember, God had to get me to a place over the course of 10 months of sitting every night in silence and solitude, pulling back the dark, deep mm outer coating layers of my own pride and arrogance and and now I mean I'm not I'm not completely over it, but now when people say man we thought you were x arrogant prideful selfish whatever it hurts but it doesn't hurt nearly as much as if someone would tell me a year or two ago and apparently we all have this persona we put off and you know people get that yeah. but uh but now I'm able to see it and, and the Lord's like wow I showed it to you first before they did, so you can kind of navigate that. And here's the thing. You may not have a pride issue. You may have a, uh, a greed issue. You may have a anger issue. I don't know what the issue is, but if you ask the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will show you the problem. Okay, yeah. He really will. He never lies. He always puts his finger on the pulse of the problem. So first prayer meeting, if you remember, we talked about this before. I think it was the 19th on a Tuesday night of January. Candy and I go early, and I've told you the key to the prayer meeting is the prayer meeting before the prayer meeting. Yeah. The meeting the before. Prayer, the prayer before the prayer. Yeah. So the <laughs> prayer before the prayer meeting is over an hour. We pray for over an hour before we even walk into the prayer meeting. Okay? Yeah. And so um, I go to the prayer meeting, and it just so happens that we, and we, I think we had like 20 people in the room, and we divided up into groups of four or five. Yeah. And I think we had like 25 or 30. We divided up into four or five, and we all got in circles, and we began to pray for just personal needs, but really for the prayer night. And I saw uh, two ladies there, and um, I had seen them before. Um, and I knew who they were, but I didn't know them very well. Mm -hmm. And so we, uh, Candy prayed, and then I prayed, and then I said, hey, what can we pray for, for you. And she said, I have to tell you something, Pastor. She said, uh, and she's become a friend and she's part of our prayer band now, intercessory prayer team. But she said, I have to share something with you because what I want to brag on God. I said, okay. She said, um, a year and a half ago, long time, faithful, long hollow member came to me, this lady, I'm not gonna mention her name, but she came to her and said, we're about to leave. Mm. We cannot connect with Robbie. Um, their words were he, he wasn't spirit filled. Um, he was very technical, very deep, very theological, uh, very doctrinal, just not spirit filled. And just, um, we just feel like we not, we're not connecting. Mm. So this lady who's telling me this story says to her, before you leave, would you commit to pray with me for a year for pastor Robbie? Mm. We're going to pray every day. Uh, one or two prayers, and I, I don't remember the other one, but I do remember one, that God would, their words, consume, fill, baptize Robbie with the Holy Spirit. These are their words. 
Okay. I said, okay, wow. She said, so we began praying about a year and a half ago. And she said, we began fervently praying. And she said, we believe we're not the only ones, obviously, but we believe what God is doing now is the result of people not giving up on you and praying for you. Now, recently I came, uh, came across a quote, which I think is funny. And it said, if you want a new pastor at your church, commit to praying for the one you have. Hello. That's one way to make it happen. Let me say that one again, because I want you to get that. If you want a new pastor at your church, begin praying fervently for the one you have. And so I would say what's happening here, if you're a church member and you're listening, you're saying, man, we're not seeing a move of God. We don't see an outpouring of the Spirit of God. We don't see a Spirit-filled pastor. And, and remember, there's a difference between an intellectual, charismatic, you know, guy has charisma, because charisma can build a church. I was reading a book by R.A. Torrey recently. Charisma can build a church. Yeah. Uh, intellect can build a church. Doctrinal teaching can build a church, but it will be spiritless. I mean, it can be spiritless at the same time. Mm-hmm. And you won't have any real life change. You won't have any real move of the spirit. And I don't know about you, but I don't ever want to go back to that. Right. We've crossed that line, right? And so uh, these ladies said, we prayed for you, mm-hmm. and here we are seeing the result of God. And I want to finish with this, because it, it, it just reminds me of what we said earlier. And this is really just in life in general, not just in the church. You want to love someone on the way out mm-hmm. so that you can love them on the way back. And I said this before, these people that came back. Uh, there's a church in town I heard, um, and at one time, this is before I got here, this church felt like Long Hollow was the enemy of their church. Okay, it was funny. They would say, whatever you do, you can go to any church, just don't go to Long Hollow. <laughs> you know, it was before I got here, uh, which is crazy. But uh, You've had church leaders in the community tell you this. This yeah, is something you're making up. No, no, I'm not making up. This yeah. is, I've, had people t- I've had people from that church, and this, I know this, who just came to the church recently tell me this. And so I was here, I was with some, uh, I was with some, um, a man last week, and he was telling me that he is coming to Long Hollow. He's been since October, but he was a 20-year member of this former church. Okay, Now, it, I'm friends with the pastor of this church. He's my good friend, and he he's not the pastor that was there who used to say this, but he's my friend now. And so I asked the guy immediately. I said, first of all, did you know he and I are friends? He said, oh, I know y'all are friends. I said, have you talked to him about you coming to Long Hollow? He said, I already have. I said, okay, great. You just need to know we're friends. And again, people have left Long Hollow to go to his church, and I bless them. Okay. He said, no, he blessed me to come. He said, Robbie's my friend. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he's sitting in my office and he said, but I called the previous pastor. Yeah. And I told the previous pastor whom I have served with for 20 years. I was there for a season of my life. I served as an elder for eight years, but we got to the place where we just didn't connect anymore. And I said, I totally know what that's like. People at Long Hollow have since gone mm-hmm. because they didn't connect with my preaching or didn't connect. See, yeah. when you sit under the appetite or you sit under, sorry, the, uh, the menu mm-hmm. of a preacher, you develop a palate for their sermons. Mm-hmm. And you develop taste buds for their sermons. And what happens is when a new person comes in, regardless of how good or different or better or worse they are, you're not going to be, it's like putting a a new menu in front of you. You ate Mexican your whole life. Which is my favorite. Which is your favorite. 
And now you're going to eat sushi for the rest of your life. That's going to be a big, that's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a hard no for you. Yeah. So now you went from Mexican to Japanese food. And, but this is good for you, Chris. I promise you're like, well, I'm not used to eating Japanese. You see, that's what it's like. So this guy I was meeting with last week said, I called the previous pastor and said, Hey, listen, our kids have connected at Long Hollow. God's moving in the life of the pastor. We really believe the Holy Spirit's been on him and moving. And so we're going to make a move to the church. And the pastor said to him, don't you dare do that. Why are you leaving our church? Whatever you do, don't go anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And he said, what do you mean? And he said to him, because the dad said, well, we're not getting fed like we were in the past. And he said, fed? He said, that's your, that's, that's on you, brother. You need to feed yourself. You don't need to be fed through the sermon. And this, this, yeah, yeah. Hmm. this man pushed back and I was proud of him for doing so. He said, and, and the pastor again is grasping for straws at this point. Like, why do you leave? And, and a lot of pastors do take it personally. Uh, and, and I have too in the past, but he said, pastor, I beg to differ. He said, I believe Sunday morning is a meal for me to feast on, to, to lead me and carry me over through the week. And if I'm not getting fed, I need to go somewhere to get fed. And so he was telling me this and I just cringe. And here's the point of this. I cringe to myself and thought this family, even if they come to long hollow and realize months later, they don't like it. Mm-hmm. The bridge is burned and they can't go back mm, yeah. because now the pastor would say to them, told you so. Yeah. You didn't listen to me, brother. Yeah. But if the pastor, and I'm not here to fault the pastor because I've done, I've made mistakes too, but I'm here to tell you, here's the point. If somebody feels led to leave your church or go to someone else, you can ask them, hey, why do you feel led? Mm-hmm. I always bless them. Do I like blessing someone leaving our church? No, because we love our church. But I know this principle. If you love them on the way out, mm-hmm. you can love them on the way back. And if God begins to revive your church like he's done at Long Hollow and the cool thing about a church revived is that people will come. You know, we always say that line, a church revived is worth the drive. Yeah. <laughs> right? True. And we have people driving yeah. for over an hour every Sunday to come. And I'm not promoting that, but they are. And, I mean, over an hour, an hour yeah. and 20 minutes, we hear it every week. But here's the point. When God revives your church, and let's just expect him to, if you have burned relationships and bridges, Mm -hmm. you are basically alienating yourself from the people who potentially could come back. And so that's just a good reminder for us because we really want God to revive our churches. Well, and I would add, if you are one of those people who are leaving a church, leave well, Mm -hmm. go go out on a high note, pray for, for this church that you may be stepping away from, whatever the challenge is, whatever decision you have, obviously you need to follow the Lord wherever he he is t- calling you to go and to attend, but leaving well may give you that bridge someday Then when you say, you know what, maybe mm. we need to, to go back. Or if you don't have a church. That's right. You need to find a church. That's true. You need to be plugged in somewhere. And whether that's, right. that's in person or an online community, you need some kind of community. Mm-hmm. Chris has a book that we both read, I think, a while back. And it's if you're interested in some of the things we're talking about, mm-hmm. narcissism, it's all about me, my church, this mm-hmm. is the best thing in town. Tell them about that book. When Narcissism Comes to Church, mm. Healing Your Community from Emotional and Spiritual Abuse. That's not one, if you're a church leader, go get this book and read it. It's not one that your staff or your people are going to hand you. <laughs> because if they do, it's almost like they're saying, hey, you're a narcissist. But the reality is every single one of us 
has the potential to be a narcissist. And the, the higher up on the leadership chain we are, the easier it is to get disconnected from humility and humbling ourselves. And so I recommend it. Uh, it's available wherever you get books. We get we don't know anything about the author. We don't know. I read the book, though, and I will you, tell you, you it was part of the formative process in my life last right. year because I started to ask myself these questions. Do I do that? Mm. Sure, Surely I don't do that. And then I thought... <laughs> Maybe I do do some of this stuff. But if you're tr- yeah, if you're a church leader, check it out. And I uh, just want to try to uh, point you towards some resources that may help beyond what we've talked about today. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast. If so, share it with someone. You can text them a link right now. Rate it wherever you get your podcasts. And we appreciate you joining us this time. And until next time, bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Take a moment to subscribe and share this podcast. You can receive more free resources to help you make disciples in your home, group, or church by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting our website at replicate.org.